Hi, this is Damon Pistolka, host of the Faces of Business podcast, where we talk to interesting people about life and business. We cover their backgrounds, obstacles they've encountered, and find out what drives them. Along the way, our guests share nuggets you can use to drive your success. Reach me directly, D-A-M-O-N at ExitYourWay.us, or check out our website, ExitYourWay.us, for more information. I hope you enjoy our show. All right, everyone, welcome once again to the Faces of Business. I'm Damon Pistolka, your host, and with me, I have Adam Linneman from the Green Executive and Linneman Lawn Care and Landscaping. Now, I got to make sure I got that right. Lawn Care and Landscaping. Yes, I did. Adam, awesome to have you here today, man. Damon, thanks for having me on the show uh, this afternoon, or, or actually getting close to evening for me here. I'm on Central Time. Yeah, so I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. Because I, I, you know, we connected through uh, Thane Isaacs, and uh, actually, I mean, we've probably seen him here in a, when we get done here. But um, and then we started talking, and and the thing that I really love about the Green Executive and what you're doing there is, is you're using profit first, and I, I think we'll talk about that a little bit. But let's get a little bit into your background and kind of how you got where you are today and just Absolutely. just give us a little idea of that sure um so i kind of grew up in a uh, a family of entrepreneurship um yeah. my grandmother who i was telling you about just a little bit ago before we went live here she's 94 years old and i don't know the exact date but i'm sure it was like in the late 20s early 30s um she and her husband opened up a full service gas station that is actually still in operation today to where oh you can go there and they will, and they will pump your gas for you. Oh my. Is, uh, now being run, not by my grandmother who's 94, but by my cousin who is running the gas station. Um, so entrepreneurship's always been inside the family. Um, through high school, I started my business at the age of 14 years old uh, with a push mower, riding lawnmower in a wagon and uh, grew my business, my landscaping business to where it is today with um, in, our, in, our, in our peak season, um, we've had up to 25 team members working for us at one time and have been dispatching, uh, eight, nine crews on any given day to go out and service properties and do design, build, uh, landscape installs. Wow. That's really cool, man. That's really cool. So did you, did you get into landscaping, um, kind of by accident then because you're, you're in, you're in high school or whatever, and it was just a way, a way to make money in the summers. And you're like, Wow. Maybe I can do this full time or, or what yeah. or how, What really it, triggered that? You know, I, I think um, so my father had a had a asphalt business. So I helped him at a young age. And uh, gosh, I know. I mean, I was probably 11, 12 years old, but it was definitely um, just getting the idea of extra money, mowing grass in the neighborhood um, to where I, I lived. And when I started realizing, hey, you know, one lawn is, is 15, 20 bucks at the time. Right. Um, cause we're talking 27, 28 years ago. Yeah. Um, two lawns, 50, if I can do four lawns in a day, it's a hundred bucks. And so it got to the point to when I was in my senior year of school, I bought my first brand new pickup truck, which is a 2350 paid for it in cash and was making more of an income at the time than what my father was a uh, full-time 
uh, what works employ for the city of Cologne, Illinois. Wow. Yeah. So it just kind of spiraled there and uh, grew the business up uh, to, like I mentioned, yeah. you know, eight, eight, nine crews. And I, I, I love making money. I love uh, being outside and, and talking with, with people, clients, making them happy, turning uh, projects into um, reality for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, I think the one nice thing about landscaping is it is so evident when a project is done. I mean, I don't think you yeah. can do landscaping work and not just stand back and go, wow, that, sure. that, you know, it's different anyway, even if you don't like what you did, but it's different and it's done well, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it is the, it's evident that something was done. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's something as simple as just a, a, a new mulch, um, you know, layer yeah. put down makes such a big difference and really sets off at a house. That That is for sure. That is for sure. So in your business now, are you doing, uh, do you do more commercial work than residential or is it a mix of both or? Most of our work is residential. I would probably say the 80% residential, 20% okay. commercial mix. And the commercial work that we do uh, perform is for what I consider smaller kind of mom and pop commercial type properties. Um, we've really back in um, our service area over the years to try to you know, maintain our rest being even more efficient and, mm-hmm. and close. Um, so uh, even though um, we are 11 miles south of the St. Louis Arch over in Columbia, Illinois, um, yeah, we're just 10 minutes from St. Louis, but our whole county population is only 50,000 people. So we're the dominator here in our county. We like to stay in a small, like I said, uh, area to try to really, um, you know, use that as a, as a benefit to be mm-hmm. profitable and be efficient. and uh, kind of where we've taken the business to where it is today. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I know that, that, that has changed. I mean, just, just the drive times and things have changed a lot where, where I live and other metropolitan areas where the traffic is bad, you know, it's such a different thing when you have people that drive times change from, well, it used to take me 15 or 20 minutes to get someplace. And now it could be 45 if the traffic is bad or something like that. And it, and when you have crews running, the time is money. And yeah, every time you're driving, you're, you're, you're not making money. And that's, that's a, uh, or not the kind of money that you really want to make where you're making sure. that difference in the, in the appearance. So you've been in the business a while and Let's let's talk about the green executive and where did that come from? Sure. So um, back in 2017 is when the green executive was formed and started. So um, I decided at that point in time that um, the green executive was simply going to be a kind of retirement plan. It was going to be a way to slowly transition out of running and owning a linking business and um, be able to offer services typically to small companies. Um, to help them grow and be more profitable inside their business. So, uh, yeah, back in 2017, we we formed a green executive, and how I position it today is um, since my wife works with me in my keeping business, she also is a partner with me in the consulting firm, and so we're able to bring to um, particularly landscape business owners, which is kind of our niche focus all around the country in Canada, um, ways to be better at business, uh, streamline processes and procedures, um, you know, be able to provide them with all different types of things, such as uh, ways to, to be more efficient inside the office, to ways to um, 
have a good policy manual for your company, job description, so on. So that was kind of our, our focus, and it has taken off over the last four years like crazy. So it's it's been it's been really good. Well, that's cool because, like you said, it started off as a as a retirement plan, mm-hmm. and it and it really has has grown into much more than that. So, what what do you think really helped in in that in those efforts to really make it take off like that? I would say um, probably out of all the landscaping consultants that are out there in the country, um, I would say probably what has us been as um, a better fit for most is that we actually boots in the ground, have real world experience of operating and still owning in, we're at pretty much day to day operations of our landscaping business. So we know what it's like and we have relevant information to be able to share with them and to be able to relate. Um, There's a lot out there that haven't owned a business in 20, 30 years. And, you know, you you lose that touch and you lose that understanding of what these entrepreneurs are going through businesses today. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. And I can, I can appreciate that because now, like, even if you wanted to try something new, you can try it yourself first and, Mm -hmm. and see how it works and then apply it with your clients if, if it works well and help them to continue, continue their journey and continue their improvement. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the plan. And that's what works out well for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, everyone, it, it, everyone wins. Yeah, go ahead. You know, as, as, as one example. Um, so um, we actually use a landscape industry software. Uh, it's called LMN it stands for landscape management network. And we use it in our own landscaping business and how we use that as a way to, um, to relate to other people is we offer doing like implementations of that software because we understand it with a day to day. And so right now my wife is in Virginia for a three to site visit, helping a company make that software sing for them. So that's just one way of, you know, trial and error. We know how to use it. Um, and we're able to actually bring that to other landscapers that are wanting to use that as well. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example of what I was thinking because you know you're doing it and then you're applying it with your customers and that you know that that is a a tremendous example because when you look at a a business management system like that, oftentimes those things are just a, a money pit and it and it's not never really gets operating right or to the potential yeah. that it could. Well, and, and to your to your point, most of our clients that hire us to come out to, to make the software sing for them, as we like to say, have had the software from anywhere from one to three years and never fully implemented it to the full capacity. And so we're able to really tie everything together and, and relate to them and be able to show them how we're using it um, to yeah. make us more profitable. And and then and then they get. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's great, because, you know, in in the, a little different setting in the manufacturing where I, where I used to actually be running the businesses. I, I, I was part of, I don't know, six, seven ERP implementations and, and uh, it never really, they, they never really worked that well until you're in it a while and you're refining and, and, and you've got a, you know, sometimes a few years under your belt with, with the focus on making that thing work better. Cause otherwise it's, it's 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 taking orders and it's invoicing we're good you know or it's yeah. doing the financials like you need to and we're good and uh they can do so so much more that can help the business if you put them in right sure 
And, you know, yeah. before we even implemented that, we were using all different types of software. We were using Google Calendar. We were using Google Docs. We were using Excel spreadsheets. And now we're, we're putting everything into one system. But you have to commit to going all in. And sometimes that even means changing the way you do things operationally to make fit for the software. Because we often hear sometimes, too, this software, whatever it is, whatever brand you're using out there doesn't do this for us or doesn't do that for us. Sometimes you have to kind of let your guard down and be open to a little bit of change to make it work for you because there isn't one out there that is a hundred percent perfect for everybody. And we know that. That, that is, that is an excellent point. And if people, if people should hear that one more time, because the, no matter what kind of business management software you have, they will not do a hundred percent, uh, the way you're doing it now and you do need to open your mind and go, okay, if it doesn't handle blah, blah, invoicing or job scheduling or time management, whatever, the way you exactly want, take the time to learn how it does. Cause it could be a bet. Uh, it could a be just as good solution or B be a better solution with the integration across the entire platform. Sure. And that's a, that's a great, that's a great thing to, for people to remember. So now getting into this a little bit further, we, we started talking about this a while ago, but the, the Mike Michalowicz, is that how I say his na- last name? Right? Uh, Mike Michalowicz. Michalowicz. There you go. I can't say <laughs> it right for two times in a row, but he's got a series of books and, and this is what really led me to uh, our discussion about what we're, what we're going to talk about now and his books, Profit First and fix this next and some of these other things that that the other books he's come out with you use these books in your practice and and you've gone and actually got certified in the process is that what is that correct Correct. yeah so i am a certified profit professional um there's a series of programs that uh you can go through for certification and profit first is generally for accounts bookkeepers and coaches and so you can become certified in that process or, or actually a, a cash flow management methodology. And uh, we teach that now um, to really uh, specifically uh, landscape business owners, but it applies to all businesses, um, you know, across all platforms. So, yeah, uh, yeah it, it's, it's a great platform. I actually just got back from ProfitCon. I was in uh, New Jersey um, back on Wednesday through Saturday. And I did not know this, but while we were there, we actually won an award. We were a 2021 Profit First Professional Rookie of the Year, and we got this awesome, um, awesome award while we were there. And nice. I, I guess we're kicking butt and taking names. So nice. I wasn't expecting that. So that was even better to be able to to win that. Yeah, yeah. So when we're talking about Profit First, and we're talking about how what you're helping people implement. I guess, what are some of the key things that, that you'd like to share about it, that you've learned from it, that you've seen help business owners or, or really what you'd like to share about it? Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm very passionate about the program because it's changed my business as becoming certified have to implement it in our own companies as well as have uh, beta companies. But um, to kind of explain a little bit more about profit first. So in the, um, generally accepted accounting principles terms, you typically look at your finances as your sales minus your expenses equals your profit. Mm -hmm. And so what we say in profit first is why should profit be last? Because whatever is last 
typically it becomes insignificant and you don't pay nearly as much, as much attention to it as you should. So all we do is flip the ratio around or the equation around and we look at it as sales minus profit equals expenses. So that's how we're looking at it through the profit first term. And what's really interesting is when we do a profit first implementation for a business is um, we actually do a formal assessment. And mm -hmm. what's really interesting is, um, and I didn't understand it until we went through the, 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 the program and the, and the process of it, but when you look at a profit and loss statement, if you run one out of QuickBooks and you look at that, um, at oftentimes, well, it will show you a profit at the end of that statement and what you're actually making. But when we do things in profit first terms, we actually do it on a, in, a, in a accrual basis, we do it in a cash basis. So we have that P&L and a cash basis. And even though it still might say you're making a, a small or a good profit, that really doesn't mean jack diddly squat because in profit first terms, we're looking at cash flow. So you need to also take into consideration your balance sheet. So your liability better in your balance sheet, and you're really looking at your ins and your outs of all your finances. Mm -hmm. So kind of how we do that, and, and if I could uh, explain with some, um, some props that I have here. All right. Um, I didn't have a silver platter to bring you today, okay? But let's just pretend that this baking sheet here, right, baking yeah. pan, yeah. is a silver platter. We're at Thanksgiving, and the turkey's on here, all right? If everybody was to turkey out of here and eat, they're probably going to eat a whole lot, similar to like a buffet, and they're going to be really stuck. They're going to gain a lot of weight. All right. So this is like how people traditionally run their business. They um, have all their money in this one platter, or as we like to say in profit first bank accounts, as we use bank accounts, and they're paying themselves out of the platter. They are um, taking profit out of the platter. They're paying their taxes out of the platter and they're um, um, having all these things that are coming out of this. Well, what we do is we take, we don't use a platter is we break things down into plates. So now in profit first is all your money going to one bank account or one plate is your income. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then we take percentages and I can share those with you, um, but the percentages kind of change based off of the size of the business. Yep. yep. Now, now the other four plates are a profit plate, a tax plate, so you can make sure to pay Uncle Sam. Yeah. A owner's pay plate, to where you can make sure the owner is paying himself. And then the last plate is the operating expense plate. All right. And here's where things really get interesting. Yeah. Now we have this owner's, I'm sorry, operating expense plate. And what we do is we only have a certain percentage of our income that we have inside this plate or this bank account. And we do something, um, or, or we actually talk about something that's called Parkinson's law. And Parkinson's law basically says that when you have a small amount here and you know you can only have this small amount to work with to pay your operating expense you become innovative and you make, you basically make it work. Mm -hmm. And the example of that really is like a tube of toothpaste, right? So you might be, you know, put a lot of toothpaste on your toothbrush when you have a brand new tube, but as you can to use that tube of toothpaste, which might last you a month or two, yeah. you know, you're starting to roll up that tube of toothpaste and you're still brushing your teeth. You're becoming innovative, 
you're still getting that space out of that tube. And so what we do as certified profit first professionals is uh, we help you operate your business off of this percentage that you have in this small bank account and make sure your business is running efficiently out of that. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, it does. And it actually it makes a lot of sense because if you're allocating all the percentages and, and you've got a book of work to complete and you've got only so much money to do it in, you are going to be a lot more um, deliberate about where you're spending that money. Sure. Um, one example, since we have to implement it in our own companies of some things that we did, some things did is, um, uh, you know, we work with our vendors, right? So um, one of the things that we have at our consulting business is we actually hire someone to help us with our marketing, do our, our social media posts and things like that. And what we did is we actually went to our marketer and said, okay, you're charging us X amount of dollars just for round numbers. Let's just say it's a thousand dollars a month. Yeah. What would you, or would you give us a discount if we were to prepay you three months in advance and by check versus by credit card? And that's just one way to be able to work with your vendors to try to get some money. And so she came back and says, we'll give you a 10% discount off of your marketing. Yeah. Okay, so that's one example on that there. Another example might be to work with your vendors. So um, we always take advantage at our landscaping company of early order programs. So we're ordering yeah. our herbicides, pesticides, insecticides for next season right now at huge discounts. And so by leveraging our vendors and um, negotiating with our vendors to allow us to, uh, we'll commit to the product we're going to number one, get a great deal because we're committing early. And number two, they're going to give us great terms. They're not going to bill us until we actually receive the product. And then they're going to give us 60 or 90 days to pay for it because they know that it takes us six, eight, 10 weeks to go through each application of our fertilizer program to get through all of our clients. We were able to work it that way. So those are just some examples of being innovative and using and leveraging your vendors to keep fences under control. Yeah, and I bet I bet overall, if you employ that, you can drop your expenses by quite a bit. Yeah. Um, one more example I like to like to mention would be that uh, years and years we would always give our clients a a, a discount uh, for their service if they were going to prepay us at our landscaping company, um, at basically prepay in full, right? So like yeah. a deadline might be February fifteenth if they prepay in full for their mowing or for their fertilization. And we would always give them a five cent discount uh, right right away. And so another way that we thought of of how can we save some money but still get cash flow moving in was we're still providing that discount, but now we're providing it not initially when they pay. We're providing it back in the form of a gift certificate good towards future services. Yeah. So once again, another way that we're able to use that as an upselling technique um, to still give them a discount. And if um, anybody there, whether it's uh, a man or a woman um, that um, might have gift cards or, or gift certificates, they're probably 80% of them have never been spent and they're still sitting inside their purse or their wallets right now. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that's another little, little way that we're kind of um, still provide yeah. value, but, but save, save. Yeah, that's a great example too, because it's it, like you said, it's innovative. It 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 helps your customers to commit for long term, uh, and and yeah, it's 
probably not used a, a lot of the time. So it's, it's a win for you. It helps the, helps the long-term success of the business. That's another great example. Huh? Good stuff. So when, when you're out helping people uh, with their businesses now, what are some of the most exciting things that you're seeing in landscaping today? What are some of the things that really make you excited about the industry and what's happening? I would say, uh, like when, when I'm visiting them as a um, as a consultant, or yeah, as, as, or just okay. you as a business owner in the industry. What are some of the things that you go, man? It's really cool because of this sure. uh, now in the industry. I think one of the biggest things that I enjoy about running my own landscaping business and helping others uh, as a consultant is, um, I shouldn't, I wouldn't say I have it mastered, but I'm pretty close. Is is the um, the freedom that running a landscaping business brings? Um, so I honestly feel comfortable, you know, going on a two or three week vacation right now, knowing that my my staff will be able to run the business without me being there. Wow. Now cool. I'm going to have some, some work to do when I get back, some notes yeah. and, and things to, to, to deal with, but general, I have freedom. And so I like to be able to bring that, I like to be able to have that at my own landscaping business and also be able to help other business owners achieve that mm-hmm. as well as um, help them achieve uh, more financial freedom with the profit first method. Yeah. It's also part of profit first is also debt reduction. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's something that we often talk with with our clients as well because, you know, debt debt while it doesn't hurt you in the in the time that you operate your business, when you go to sell your business, you typically are going to be paying all your debts off, mm-hmm. and that is great because it's in alignment with that. Because when you sell a business, typically it will be an asset sale, and there's some difference between stock and asset sale. I won't get into it, but typically people want to buy an asset the assets of the business so they don't have the exposure to any past liabilities. What that means is then as the seller of the business, you're going to, you're responsible for all of the debts and the expenses up until the day that you close the sale of that business. So you deliver the business with no debt. You get to keep all the cash and receivables, obviously, but it has to be delivered with no debt. So if you're if you're out buying new equipment in the last couple of years of owning a land, any kind of company, really, we we landscaping, construction, manufacturing, um, e-commerce doesn't matter. If if you're intending, and that will be sold with a business, you're gonna have to pay that off. So we really refer to the last few years of of owning that business as you need to really adopt red zone thinking. Where hey, it's a great piece of equipment. Uh, I don't really, just because I got the money and like the year before I decided I was going to do this, I might run out and spend the money because I can de- take the the full depreciation tax deductions and some of the other things you can do. It might not be that um, something I really want to do now that I'm getting closer because I'm going to have to pay that off before I sell. And essentially it reduces the the net proceeds back to me in, in a sale. Sure. Sure. So, and, and so wouldn't it be wonderful to have as some such as profit first implemented in your business for two, three, four years before you make the sale and have an actual history to show the potential buyer of this is exactly what we're making. This is the percentages that we're having for owner's pay. We're able to pay all our taxes. We uh, were able to meet cash flow on a consistent basis or have very little debt. You know, you have to have a system in place to be able to shut and and I would guess, because I don't 
I don't do uh, exit strategies like, like like what you do, but I would I would sure guess that that brings a that makes a business much more valuable to an investor than one has no idea and does. Yeah, you're you're right. When you're when well, there's two things that you touched upon while you're here. You can take a vacation and your business still runs pretty normally. It's it's it, that's a great first step into doing it. And the system that you talk about with Profit First is essential really um, to make your business very attractive because in order to do what you're doing with Profit First, you do have to have a system. You do have to have job descriptions. You do have to have things that that Damon as the accountant knows what they have to do, that Damon as the supervisor of the, the landscaping crew knows what they have to do is, you know, as Damon, the salesperson in the business knows, has to know what they do for it to work. Right. And, sure. uh, and work together well. And that's, that's something that people can see would certainly see when they go in and go in to buy a business that it's, it's well run, it's organized and, and with profit first, you've got the metrics to show, how the business is running. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, my wife always says, because she does um, a little bit of some bookkeeping and acts as like a, uh, a I guess you call it like a fractional CFO for a few yep. companies in our area. But, um, you know, need to think about if you're not already doing this, um, making sure that you're not intermingling business finances with your personal finances. It really yeah. muddies the water a lot as well. It, it does. It does. And that's a, that's a great point. And, and now you can keep them separate too. And this is something that I see some of our clients do. They keep them separate. It doesn't mean you, you can't deduct them on your taxes at the end of the year by giving your accountant what they need to do that right at the end of the year and do it. But throughout the year, yeah, it does. It does mess things up a bit mm -hmm. if you're, or, or complicate things a little bit. But yeah, yeah, it is. It, but but you make a very good point from the business standpoint. Keeping that out allows you to really see what your business is doing. Um, because I've come in where where people, both sides, think they're gonna they're making way more money than they are, or way less money than they are, depending upon how how they do that and with everything else in the in the businesses as well. Um, you know, because just as, just as someone can, can be, oh, I need to have this new all the time or that new all the time or, you know, whatever else and spending that on personal things or things that they really don't need in your business, which I think profit first is, is awesome for that because controlling that operating expense is a lot harder to do when you're very profitable because it's pretty sure. easy, right? I mean, mm -hmm. I've literally been with clients before that, that have what I call the equipment habit and okay. can't drive back. And this is no kidding. Can't drive by a <laughs> Caterpillar dealership without buying a payloader or a bulldozer <laughs> or something like that. And I mean, this is not, this is not like 10,000, $5,000 things. These are hundreds of thousands of dollars. But when, when people get uh, it's, it's hard to keep that. And I think profit first helps, helps people keep that focus on, on being reasonable and what they do and keeping their operating expenses. Uh, in check. Damon, if I could uh, mention real quick, the three questions that I tell my to ask before they make a purchase. And those three questions are, is this purchase I'm, what I'm about to make good for the business? Answer that question. Is this pur purchase good for the client? And last question is, can this purchase wait? So yeah. answer those questions to yourself. And if it doesn't pass, I guess the sniff test, don't make the purchase. Right? Yeah, I, that's great. 
that I mean that's that's awesome advice because it, it is. It's like I said, it's it's easy. And I like the way you're you're talking about with the plates, the different plates, profit first. You know, if no matter how much money I make, there's only a percentage that goes in there. It doesn't mean like the bucket is huge so that I can spend more of that bucket on what I do. It's like, no, the bucket may be huger, but I only got this percentage of that bucket that I can spend. And if I stay within that, and then you ask the three questions, you said, that's even better. That's even better, I think, because it, it really keeps things clean. Um, good. Well, what is the one thing that you would tell someone that's in the landscaping industry now that that is like, man, I, I'm just kind of I'm, I'm I'm a little bit I'm I'm struggling a little bit. And what what's one thing if they they just don't have it's not clicking for them right now. What what would you tell them to do? Um, I would, well, are we talking financially, I guess, for well, business or the business just isn't financially doing well? Yeah. Let's just talk okay. about the business is not financially doing well. They seem to have enough work. They seem to be busy, but they just aren't really, they just aren't really happy financially with their company. Sure. I think uh, there, there's a couple of things. Number one, I would recommend if, if they're looking to profit from this, they're not going to implement it in full, especially right away. Just go out and open one bank account title it profit and just put 1% away starting out. Okay. 1% away into a profit account. Don't touch it. Don't get it. Heck, put it in the bank an hour away and ignore it. Right. But yeah. Transfer 1% into that account regularly every time you make a deposit into your income. Okay. Um, the other thing I would probably say, um, gosh, I, I would say is most of the time we are seeing landscape business owners, taking draws and paying themselves um, only when they have money. And I think it's really important to know your value and your worth of, you know, to yourself and to your business. Yeah. And so I know one thing that I did back, you know, years and years ago, probably 20 years ago was um, when I started taking my business seriously at the time was I was like, I need to start paying myself. I know that if I go out and buy a house, buy a vehicle, they're going to want to see how much I actually make. So if you're not really paying yourself something now, go out and just start paying yourself minimum wage, you know, a salary, 40 hours a week, 80 hours weekly, whatever that is. Yeah. And if that minimum wage is 12, 14, $15 an hour, pay yourself that. So you have a consistent steady paycheck. I would say that's my, my, yeah, uh, you know, some other great advice I, I would give because that's so important. And if there's still money left over, yeah, some take, take some draws every quarter or end of the year in December before 31st. But pay yourself consistently because uh, you're the number one person in your business and you have to make it work. So, you know, you come first is what it boils down to. Well, and I think that that I, I tell you what, that is great advice. Like I can't say across the board how many companies I've talked to where the owner um, doesn't really take the salary that they should. And it's not because they couldn't, it's because they haven't done what they need to do in controlling costs and other areas and really thinking about their business and starting with that, with that paying themselves consistently at, at any level. And it is sure. that the draw, yeah, okay, you might get a little bit of a benefit on taxes, but but in the long run, get, paying yourself consistently and building your business up so you can make that number whatever you want, um, is is a much better strategy, I believe. 
Yeah. You know, many, many business owners, they are doing a lot of work. And if they were going to take their efforts and, and go work for another company, yeah. you might be getting paid fifty, six, eighty thousand dollars yeah. $80,000 a year being a yeah. foreman or operations manager, whatever that is. You start somewhere to get yourself up to that point if you're yeah. running your own business and taking all the risk. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a great, that's, that is something that, Yes, it was just I'm just thinking about that a minute. So I hope people think about that because you know it is really if you could walk out walk out the door and go work for somebody else and get the same or more money. Um, I'm not saying go do that. I'm saying figure out your business a little bit better because if uh, if you're just doing it to trade into a different job, it's probably not doing what it's supposed to do because. You know, I, I think this is universal. When people go into business for themselves, they go in it because they want more freedom and more money. I mean, that's my yeah. my my two things. I always think that to myself, that's why people go into business. And and if you do that and it turns out I'm getting paid less money and I and I'm a slave to the business, I just did the exact opposite of what I wanted. Sure. And you know, running a business isn't for everybody. No. Right? You yeah. know, some people start it and and you know, they succeed and some of them, you know, actually most of them fail, I think is what yeah. they are. Yeah. Right. Yep. But, um, you got to set yourself up properly and, um, you know, if you need advice, seek advice from somebody, right. Another mentor, a business coach, um, you know, somebody you trust inside your community. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Well, Adam, it's been awesome talking to you and, and, I just, I, it's so cool because you're using, applying your profit, the, the profit first mentality and strategies to the landscaping industry, I think is, is really appropriate. And I think you're, uh, a spot on with it, man, because it, it, it will help people run their businesses better. And then too, the thing that's really cool about what you're doing and, and you and your wife running your own business for as many years and, and having that experience as well you're you're be, you're able to test these things real world implement good solid practices and procedures and then go out and that benefits all, all of your clients as well so good stuff man good stuff i appreciate it thanks for having me Damon. you bet well thanks everyone for joining us today thanks adam once again from the green executive for being with us on the faces of business today we'll be back again actually it's i'm taking a bit of a break because i'm i'm uh, uh, on a, on a vacation and so this awesome. is one of them that I haven't been on for a while. I'm going to do that. And uh, we'll be back again in a couple of weeks and, and rolling with some other great episodes as well. But thanks, everyone, for being here. We'll be back again soon. Thank you.